is the Inside Edge, your home for Blue Jackets news and conversation. Sponsored by Honda Marysville and Mumu Express Car Wash. Proud partner of the Columbus Blue Jackets. Here's Bob McGilligan and Jody Shelley. Welcome to the Inside Edge here on 97.1 The Fan. Bob McGilligan and Jody Shelley at Ball Arena in Denver, Colorado. In just a bit, it's going to be the Blue Jackets and the Avalanche opening a home-and-home series. Jody, that normally doesn't happen. Normally, when you play Colorado, you're also getting Arizona and maybe Vegas on the same trip. But uh, the fact of the matter is, these two teams were going to go to Finland and play against one another. That's been a plan for two years, as a matter of fact. And uh, they weren't able to do that. So here we are in the States. And that's fine, because these should be a couple of uh, good games starting with this one tonight. We'll get to Finland at some point, Bob, I'm sure. But yeah, these two games are going to be lumped together and played in Finland. So the way that they set it up, they set it up so that if that couldn't happen, it was going to be a home and home. And when you play Colorado, uh, a team that a lot of people have predicted to be a Stanley Cup finalist, if not the champion, uh, brings out your best. And I think it's a great time for the Blue Jackets because they have a little bit of inconsistency in their games, lose to Dallas, uh, then come in. And, you know, you, you or sorry, beat Dallas, come in and lose to the Rangers. You, you find a way to gut out that game in New Jersey, and now you come and play the best. So when you play the best, it brings out your best. See if these guys can get things going. And, you know, they got here in Denver Sunday night after the game in New Jersey, had Monday off, Tuesday, yesterday was a practice day, and here we are almost at game time. These guys are ready to go, and I, I think it's important because you've got to acclimate yourself to this thin air. I mean, it's a mile above sea level. It's a real thing, and I'll tell you, I just walked up uh, some of the stairs here to get this way up to this press box, Bob, and I'm still out of breath. Yeah, no doubt about that. Um, and coming up, we're going to get some great perspectives on this game. First of all, Boone Jenner, the Blue Jackets captain, is going to join us on the show tonight. We'll get his perspective from uh, the leadership and and from how this team is playing and all of that. And Connor McGahey, who is the radio voice of the Colorado Avalanche, will give us a really good preview of this banged-up Avalanche team here in just a bit to get you ready for this game tonight. But you mentioned it's been kind of a roller coaster for the Blue Jackets so far this year. You know, win two, lose one. Win one, lose one. Back and forth. And when you look at the losses, Jody, they're all very similar in a way where it was a fast team. Team that kind of took it to the Blue Jackets, got them off their game. Just go back to Friday night at the start of this trip in uh, Madison Square Garden against the Rangers. It was the Rangers using their quickness. The Blue Jackets got flat-footed, and it ultimately cost them the game. They had a good start, didn't score, but the, that speed of the Rangers got to them. You know, yeah, and it's interesting, but let's take it back even further because the Carolina game, they admitted Carolina was a better team. Then they played Dallas, and they loved their game. They played a perfect team game. And talking to some of the players, they actually said, if we had played that way against Carolina, the way they did in Dal- against the Dallas Stars, they would have they would have had much better chance. And and so they know how well they can play. Then they go into New York, and you're right, flat-footed is a good way to put it. And they understand now, hopefully they understand that, they have to do it completely as a team. You cannot have, it's not about one player or one line or one situation. It's got to be defense all as a team, hustling back, hustling in on the forecheck. It's been their identity for a long time. Really couldn't get it going against the uh, New York Rangers. And, and, you know, I thought there were times in the, the Devils game where they really looked like they were kind of backing off too. So tonight against against the Colorado Avalanche, they've got to bring it. Every shift, complete game, and and sometimes when you know that against a team like like the elite of this league, you you understand that the urgency's got to be there all the time. So, it's uh it's a team that it's a young team, and young teams show inconsistencies. They know that, 
But I think with the coaching staff, the attention to detail, the leadership they have, the great young, smart young players they have, uh, that they, they're up for this task tonight. We always talk about this team being one of the youngest teams in the league. Every year we're saying yeah. the same thing. Blue Jackets one of the youngest teams, the youngest team, whatever it is. But in the past years when we've talked about it, there have been the Nick Felinos, Cam Atkinson, Seth Jones, guys that aren't, aren't here anymore. And even though there are guys that have been here for a while, they are younger leaders. So how does that affect what you're talking about? Well, it's interesting because I think a guy like Zach Wierenski, who is a leader on this team uh, and is still a young guy, but he's you know sixth year in the National Hockey League, that's a perfect time to be a leader. And I think when you move players out who have been here a while, a guy like Zach can flourish. And he's a player that admittedly in his game, it's different this year. He doesn't have Seth Jones. And if you think about it, what a first, what a start to his career to be able to play as a regular with one guy who's so good on the right side. He could understand when he can jump, when he can shoot. Uh, he knows he can, if he doesn't get the shot through and it gets blocked, that he had someone there to cover up for him. So now he's still getting used to that. But the young leaders, if you look around the league, it is the way of the league. But you mix in a guy like Jake Voracek, who's refreshing in the way he leads. And I think they have one of the best leaders in the league in Boone Jenner. I think that consistently, every year at the trade deadline, I bet Yarmo gets a call or many calls about Boone Jenner because he is that player that has the intangibles that you look for in the makeup of a locker room. So, you know, the guys that they have as a leadership group are important. Uh, Oliver Bjorkstrand is an, an important guy who leads in a different way, too. So it's critical to have these guys. But I also like guys like Andrew Peake, who comes in and, you know, understands that there's a deficiency on the back end. If you can play big and, and play solid and, and do what you, you can and, and keep it simple, there's a place here for you. So I think they all bring their, 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 their leadership qualities. But I think it's important to have that group of guys who have been here for a while, been around Brad Larson, and understand day-to-day how this has to work. I want to ask you about Zach Wierenski since you bring him up because I've been watching him play, and here's my question very simply. Is he defending better, in your opinion, this year? We've always talked about him being offensive-minded defended or an offensive-minded defenseman. Do you think he's defending better? I think there's a conscious awareness. I think there's a natural hesitation in defending first for him now. I think it was a luxury, and I go back to when uh, Bobrovsky was the goaltender here. The Blue Jackets used to cheat Cam Atkinson out of the zone. It was a. It wasn't a cheat. It was just a. Uh, they had that in there. It was a cheat. You know what I mean? Send them. Send them. Push the D back. Get them out of there. And it, you know, and it had to change over the years to a defend first. And I think that is the same thing that's transpired with Zach Wierenski. He looks at the decor. He looks who he's playing with. He knows he's got young centermen. Uh, there is that natural thought of defense first. I mean, he's doing well. He's. He's putting up some points, uh, but he wants to score. He's a guy who wants to score. So I think that that is something that's going to take time in the, the new clientele on this team and also with how he approaches it. And I love that about him because he can defend. He can be a good defender. He, ne- he, he very rarely gets beat, and he uses his legs to do that. But when you have half your brain thinking of offense before defending, then, yeah, you might hear some of that uh, rap about uh, not being a great defender. But no, there's no question, he's, he's elite. He's hard to play against. Watch him. People at home, watch him. The way he puts himself in a position with his legs and the way his stick is always there to disrupt and interrupt. Let me ask you about Jack Roslevic. We haven't talked about him very much in the last couple of weeks. And uh, we did talk about the fact that a lot of people speculated he would center Voracek in line A, and he has never done that. Boone Jenner has taken over that role without question. But for Roslevic, you know, he gets the puck, he utilizes his speed, but as you see him, 
where is he and where he needs to improve so that maybe we're talking about him a little bit more, maybe that he's he's standing out a little bit more. And I'm not saying he's doing anything wrong or, or terrible or anything like that, but I think he's somebody that we want to see stand out just a little bit more like he did when he got traded here from Winnipeg last year. You know what? I think he is a guy that has really improved, and I thought – you know, there's been games where you really notice him as a center iceman, and a center iceman has got to be a distributor too, and that's what that's what he's good at. But I think he's a guy that under has to understand that his first option is usually his best one, and I think that comes with, um, you know, he wants he's practicing his faceoffs, uh, he's practicing how he attacks the puck, defending. He's back there, you know, doing those responsibilities in the defensive zone. But you'll see him in the middle of the ice a lot of the time, like a lot of good centermen do, drawing the the four defenders around him. He's in the middle. It looks like he's on an island. And then instead of taking that first option, he makes that extra move sometimes, and that's when he gets in trouble. So for me, he's starting to understand that. Uh, I, I think he's done a good job at... I hate overusing the term, but I'm going to use it again. Simplifying your game. It sounds so basic, but it's hard to do when you have so many options. Should he be on the top line? Maybe. As a distributor, maybe. Because, you know, Boone Jenner does a great job winning face-offs, defending, being a horse in the middle. But also, with those two guys on the outside, they also need the guy who has that flavor and that flair to distribute the puck. We're going to see one of the best tonight in Nathan McKinnon. He's, he's got speed. He can draw players. He understands how many people are open when he's got four guys on him. And I think that Jack is getting much better. I like his game. And I know some people think he's getting demoted tonight because now he's on a line with Chinikov and Hoffman. I don't see it that way. I think that they're trying to fit these players in with different players. And that's a line tonight that's got to be very aware of who's on the ice, when they're on the ice, and understand that, hey, in all three zones, there's a, there's zones there's a responsibility. But if they can add to the offense, that's where the bonus comes in. And when you're talking about him being a distributor, Hoffman, Chinikov, they shoot. I mean, they, they're both shoot, they're, they can be scores. And, and I like Hoffman as a forechecker, too. I think his speed and... and you know, his anxiousness to get on pucks in the offensive zone, in the neutral zone, I think that's going to help Chinikov and Rostovic. I, I, I'm excited to see how that line does tonight. Chinikov is in because Max Domi is in the COVID protocol right now. Max, I almost said he can't catch a break, but he did because he broke some ribs. <laughs> I mean, it, it has been a season for him. Wasn't supposed to be back for a month. Came back in time to get a preseason game in. Played very well to start. Cracked rib, had to sit out, comes back early from that, and now this setback for him. It's got to be almost maddening as a player that you just can't get any consistency going. Uh, it, it's really a tough start, and and you know what? He's a guy that takes adversity head on. He has his, own, his whole life, you know. He's written a book about it. Uh, he, he's a type 1 diabetic and grew up with a dad in the National Hockey League. And in, it, I think the book is called No Days Off, and it, it's true for, for Max. And, you know, to hear he was on COVID, uh, COVID protocol, it, it's another tough blow for a, a guy that, in my mind, came back early from a shoulder surgery, which is major. You know, I mean, that's got to be tender to start. Then breaks ribs, which I tell you what, Bob, that by itself is just... Uh, he, he would never admit it, but it's it's a lot to deal with it. And he's out there and he plays his game. Uh, you know, he's, he's he's tried to play his game, and now he gets dealt this. So hopefully he rests up, comes back. You know he, he'll come back uh, with a real good attitude and, and, and hopefully settle in and, and give these guys a boost. But, yeah, it's, it's what's next. That's kind of what you feel for Max, and hopefully the answer is nothing else. Yeah, well, they do say that bad things happen in threes. So he's at his three, so I hope that's it, right? That's it. Hopefully that's it for that kid because uh, you feel for him.
Yeah, there's no doubt about that. Kevin Stenland, by the way, was called up from Cleveland of the American Hockey League uh, as the extra forward for the Blue Jackets. But as we said, Chinikov will draw back into the lineup here tonight. So we've got a lot to cover as we continue here with the Inside Edge. We'll hear from Connor McGahee to give us a real good preview of the Colorado Avalanche in just a bit. But up next, the captain of your Columbus Blue Jackets, Boone Jenner, will sit down and talk with us as we continue here on 97.1 The Fan. Unlike your deadbeat uncle, we'll never leave you stranded in a ditch when you were six. This promo may have been a touch too specific. The Fan. Welcome back to the Inside Edge. The Blue Jackets getting set to take on the Colorado Avalanche tonight. We are here in Denver. Pre-game coverage starts at 8.30 here on The Fan. Blue Jackets captain Boone Jenner is leading the team in goals. He has five, and number five was a beauty. It came on Sunday in New Jersey when Boone made a steal in the offensive zone, and then he buried a puck, giving the Blue Jackets a third goal in tying the game at three. Eventually, it went to an overtime and then a shootout before the Blue Jackets got the win. But we talked to Boone Jenner yesterday before practice about the season that he has had already here in this first handful of games and about how he feels and how happy he is with his personal game right now. Yeah, I've been feeling good. Um, you know, playing with Patty and Jakey, trying to get some offense going, and I think a couple of them, uh, you know, on the power play, our power play was clicking. Um, you know, we want to get back to that. But, uh, you know, playing with those guys makes it kind of easy, you know, try to play to my strengths, get in front of the net, and, uh, you know, Jakey's going to find you, and, um, you know, Patty throws a lot of pucks on that too, so um, it's a good place for me to be. Is it a challenge to play with those guys at all because they're superstars, and Jody can speak better on this, I know, but, you know, you're in between... T- <laughs> well, you didn't play with superstars? <laughs> I did, I did, but I, I want to see where you're going here. Yeah. <laughs> when, when you're playing with two guys like that, you know, uh, distributing the puck, you know, you've got to make choices, who's going to get it, whose stick you're going to put it on, stuff like that. Being a veteran guy, you've done this a lot, you know how to slow the game down. Does that make it easier for you on that line? Yeah, I, I mean, I'm not thinking about, you know particular who am I going to give give it to I think I'm just every play is different you want to find them and I think with both guys like you said their their talent level is they're going to make something happen with it and um you know they, they seem to find each other and we um you know can kind of get some chemistry going that way uh the more you play with them the more you you're going to get to know tendencies and, and whatnot so uh it's been fun I'm just trying to play my game if you go back to the last game, give it to Jake, he'll get it to Patty and then he can one time it in right <laughs> exactly I mean you could see that um you know them connect and um they get open you know they're always seeming to find the holes and and obviously patty's shot like you saw last game um you know jake just tees them up perfectly what is going through your head boone when patty uh Line is winding up and you're in front of the net because i don't think you could pay me to stand there yeah no it's uh <laughs> you're just trying not to get hit get the goalie's eyes but um it's a hard shot <laughs> did you put extra padding on the back of your gloves this year yeah actually that's been there for for a little bit now um but, yeah, if you saw my gloves, there's, there's a little extra pad there. Um, I just think it helps, uh, you know, either in the D zone or, or, or the Oz, yeah. O zone, I guess. Is it feel different? Are they a little heavier? <laughs> no, I don't really notice it, to be honest. Um, like I said, it's been a couple of years, so I don't know. Maybe it makes them heavier, but I don't notice it. You were using a thicker uh, blade. You still using that? Uh, no, it's it's not as thick as it used to be. So you changed it up. Yeah, I changed it up a little bit. Um, Coming into this year? No, that was also a couple of years ago. Um, I didn't even know. I mean, I don't know how to describe the changes. It's just like you try it one day and you, and you like it and you go with it. The goalie tells you in practice your shot looks harder, so that's all it takes. And really? 
Yeah. Did you try someone else's on the teams, or did you just switch it up? Because sometimes that um, happens too, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. That's happened before. It happens quite a bit, actually. So you just pick up someone's stick, and you want to give it a try, and then you end up liking it. But uh, no, I was just trying to get a, a smaller blade, see how that worked, and obviously I liked it. As a captain of this team now, Boone, um, do you feel uh, the responsibility of some of these players, or are you more just worried about yourself and leading by example? I mean, you scored a goal the other night where uh, you just came off the bench and said, we have to tie this up, get out of my way, I'm going to do it. Is that kind of how you approach everything right now? Yeah, I think it's, you know, first and foremost, making sure your game's where it needs to be and um, you're leading by example, and then and then you can be pulling guys into the fight, I think. Um, definitely a bigger responsibility you, you want to put on yourselves and, and the other leaders on our team. We want to be the, the engine for our team and um, show the other guys how we want to play, you know, night in and night out, and we have to be there um, for that. So we take that upon ourselves, but at the same time, you got to, you know, take care of your game where it needs to be and and like you said i think that's where it's leading by example more so speaking of being the captain i think from the time that you've got here um which is a long time ago now people had always said boone jenner that's captain material that guy is going to be the captain of the columbus blue jacket someday and of course nick felino held that role for a long time and you were right there next to him in the dressing room um but you know when we talk about what it means to be a blue jacket the way you play the game just is the epitome of what it is to be a Blue Jacket, hard work and sacrifice and all of those things. But when you were named captain, was it something that you've expected or was it something that surprised you? Or where were you when the when the decision came down? Yeah, I mean, it was, you know, pretty, um, you know, special feeling, obviously. Um, you know, it's always kind of been a dream or, or whatnot of, of, of leading a, you know, a, the team here in Columbus specifically. And um, it's just a huge honor. And um, obviously I couldn't have, you know, asked for anything, you know, more. It's like, uh, I just want to, you know, be ready, be myself, be true to myself first and foremost. And, um, you know, I think it's always, you know, something that's been with me and uh, I try to grow in that aspect. You know, I'm talking about just leadership each and every year. Um, you know, I think it's something, a skill that you can improve on. And, um, you know, I just want to keep building on it. For fans that they know you're the captain, they know you have a C on your jersey, but they don't know the other responsibilities. What kind of things do you now have to take on that you didn't have to take on before when it comes to dealing with your teammates or being the go-between between the head coach and the rest of the team, all those things? Has much of that changed for you? Uh, not really. I mean, there's uh, maybe a couple more questions about I don't know, uh, dress code or, yeah, media. Why yeah. are you staying in this hotel, Boone? Yeah. Talk to somebody about that, Boone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, whatever it may be, meals, whatever. But, uh, no, it's been good. I don't think it's been anything different. Um, you know, I think it's, yeah, I don't think it's anything different for myself. What about the leadership group itself? To watch guys like Zach Wierenski and Oliver Bjorkstrand, who also have been here now and agreed to new contracts, want to be in this organization to take bigger roles you know, you guys have been doing this for a while together anyway. So th- does that make it easier on you? Yeah, it does. And, um, you know, even before before the series or season, um, you know, in the summer when, you know, the, a lot of changes were happening and, and whatnot, we, we, we started talking right away about, you know, it's an opportunity for us to take over and, and grow in that aspect. And, um, like I said earlier, kind of be the, the driving force for our team and um, step up in that role. And, and those guys have done it each year. They they come, they take a, take on a bigger responsibility. So um, not surprised they're doing an awesome job for us, and um, you know, including Gus Nyquist in there too as well. Boone, I'd like to know why they keep starting you every season on the wing 
when you're such a great centerman? Can you explain that to us? <laughs> no, I, I don't know. Um, it's kind of been back and forth quite a bit, uh, wing and center. It doesn't matter to me. Um, you know, I like them both. So, um, yes, at center right now, so we'll see there. Have you studied the two guys or the guys you're going against tonight for the Colorado Avalanche? Um, well, I know them, you know, just from, you know, memory. I've got a pretty good memory with that stuff, and, you know, when you got, like, Kadri or McKinnon and Comfer and, you know, they're, they're pretty good up the middle. So, um, yeah, you kind of know what to expect, but um, we'll see what happens. Okay, and I also see you talking to the linesmen a lot. It, it, what is it about? Is it about the drop? Is it is? I mean, tell us the little nuance there that <laughs> yeah. kind of drives you crazy. Yeah, no, it's uh, <laughs> just making sure it's fair both ways. Fair. You know? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it, it, it happens all the time with someone jumping early or, or I'm jumping early. Cheaters. Or whatever it may be, um, you know, I'm... We're all guilty of it, but uh, yeah, trying to talk to them and and seeing what they're gonna, you know, do that night. Maybe you have to set for an extra millisecond or whatever it is. Um, you know, some are quicker or some are a little bit slower at dropping it. So I mean, uh, just trying to get the gauge of what they're thinking and um, seeing how far you can get your stick across. Yeah, that is so great. I mean, it's yeah. all about the advantage. And I talked to Corrali about it, he, about Bergeron, and he said Bergeron or the coach would say something to the linesman, and then he would get back to getting away with cheating. I mean, there is a game within the game there, for sure. Yeah, there is. Um, yeah, you got to, I mean, maybe don't get on them too, too much, um, but you want to have you know those talks and see what... Uh, What's acceptable in, in that particular game, I guess. It's funny because there's that phrase, you got to cheat to win, right? Yeah. And nobody ever wants to say you're cheating, but when it comes to that, you're looking to gain an advantage. Is that a fair way to put it? Yeah, that's all it is. <laughs> you're, you're, you're looking to get any advantage you can. Um, yeah. Psychological much. advantage with the linesmen. Uh, yeah, it all makes sense. One last thing for you, then we'll let you go. Um, this is your first like real road trip. Uh, in the last couple of years because last year you guys were on the road yep. but you were confined to the hotel to the rink how much nicer is it this year especially with uh, all the new guys that you have being the leader being able to go out and do things together as a group and how much is that helping you guys with your chemistry that you're still trying to build here in the first 10 games yeah it's it's been great to get back to that um you know last year was tough under the circumstances um you know to stay in and it's just a, a different feel when you get guys outside of the rink. Um, you know, you get them to dinner, you get them walking around a, a new city that they haven't seen, and you just get to know them in a way different way than uh, at the rink always. Or you know, it's just a different setting, and you get to know more about your teammates. And I think with a lot of new or, or younger guys, even um, you know, it's it's important for everyone to, to know each other away from the rink too. And um, yeah, it's been great that way. All right. Well, during the game tonight, I'm going to watch the tips of your skates. I'm going to see where you are in that face-off dot, see if you're looking to get that advantage, as we say. I'm sure I will be. (laughs) Boone, thank you so much. We appreciate it. All right. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. That is Blue Jackets captain Boone Jenner. Stay tuned. We're going to come back and talk about tonight's matchup with the Colorado Avalanche. Connor McGahee, who's the radio voice of the Avalanche, will join Jody and I as the Inside Edge continues here on 97.1 The Fan. There's only one way to start your day, and that's with the soothing tones of morning juice. Soothing. Weekday mornings at 6. The Fan. Welcome back to the Inside Edge. The Blue Jackets and the Colorado Avalanche. Pre-game coverage coming up at 8.30 right here on The Fan. Earlier today at the morning skate, Jody and I had a chance to catch up with Connor McGahee. He's the radio voice of the Avalanche. 
Connors, we come in here for the first of this uh, back-to-back set between the Blue Jackets and the Avalanche. It's an Avalanche team with a lot of familiar faces, but there's a lot of guys missing here, too. It's a banged-up group, and that's something you've become accustomed to, unfortunately, the last couple of years. Yeah, you ain't kidding. Let's, uh, should we do who is playing or who isn't playing? Whatever list you want to go through, they're probably almost equal in length. <laughs> I think they are. But it, it's not just how many, it's who. No Miko Rantanen, no Kale McCarr. Kale McCarr placed on IR yesterday, so he'll be out a minimum of seven days going back to last Saturday versus the Minnesota Wild. Andre Burakovsky, morning skate in red. That's not a good indication for his availability. Valerie Nachushkin hurt on opening night. He won't be in there. Lavelle Francois, so backup goaltender, is out week to week. Uh, so that means that uh, the Avalanche have to really find a way to do it. And they, they started off slow. Last year they started 3-3, three and three, end up was winning the President's Trophy. This year, 4-4. Four and four. Not sure what is in store. But they, they've had a couple good additions, especially on the back end, names that you're familiar with. Maybe names you're not familiar with. Eric Johnson, we all know him. But Bowen Byram has been very good. But Ryan Murray, Jack Johnson have really helped solidify the back end for Colorado. Yeah, and before I feel completely bad for you, there's still some names like McKinnon, Landis Cog. So, I mean, those guys. I've heard of them. (laughs) They're not too bad. (laughs) They're okay. They'll do in a pinch. um, But but this season, what's it been like just to get back to to normal for you guys as a team and for a team that's built to contend for the Stanley Cup as well? Yeah, it's been amazing. And uh, logistically, and Bob, you know this from from our standpoint, it's easier to do our jobs properly this way, right? It's nice to see you. I mean, it's almost two years to the day where you guys were in this building. I remember last time you said, I hope I never see you again, and here we are two years later, and I'm back. So I, I almost got my wish. It was amazing. No, but at that point we were talking about going to Finland because the Finland games were coming up and we were making making plans for that and that never came to fruition. Uh, the well-laid plans of mice and men. But for our standpoint, obviously it's good. But I think for the team in particular, a team that has Stanley Cup expectations, it's, it's better to do it this way than in a truncated season or playing a playoff series inside of a, of a bubble like they did in Edmonton. Um, and this is a team that has made the transition from underdog when they took on the Nashville Predators. They beat the Calgary Flames in the 2019 Stanley Cup playoffs, who was the number one overall seed in five games. Went to seven versus the San Jose Sharks. For all intents and purposes, should have won that series. It was the Gabe Landeskog offside play that I almost swore that we'd never talk about ever again, but here we are talking about it. So it's a team that went from underdog to almost the very next year being one of the best teams in the National Hockey League. And that's because of draft picks that have panned out. Obviously, can't miss Kale McCarr, Bowen Byram, Justin Barron coming along. He'll, he's another defensive prospect that, that could be a, a, just a, a name in this organization for a long time. But obviously, the forward names that we've talked about, McKinnon, Landis Gog, Rantanen, have taken their games up and really put the pressure on themselves. And they were disappointed because last year, when the Avalanche were eliminated by the Vegas Golden Knights, it was mainly because that top line, we'd like to say the best line in hockey, they weren't the best line in hockey. Uh, You've got no goals at important times, and that's why the Avalanche lose four straight versus Vegas and, uh, and can't move on past the second round for the third straight year. So I think that the expectations, the way that they've shifted from underdog to favorite, that's tough to do, but now you have to take it past round number two. You, you you talked about last year's playoffs, and, and with expectations come a lot of scrutiny. And we've been in town for three days, and whether it's uh, you know people in a store or at a restaurant, they're a little bit down on the avalanche in their start. And, and why do you think they've started this way? And, and um, 
I'm amazed. I mean, I'm, this was a hockey town for a long time. Is is that buzz still here? I would think so. I mean, a couple reasons for the slow start. Because you had, when you talk about superstars, Jody, you and I were talking about it earlier. When you have Nathan McKinnon in the lineup, it makes all the difference in the world. He wasn't in there for two games. He had an asymptomatic positive COVID versus Chicago on opening night. Had to miss the St. Louis game. And even when you only play one, maybe two preseason games, that's almost not enough to get you going. So it took him a while. And then your first road trip at Florida, incre- unbelievably good team, as, as, as we very well know. Then at Tampa, defending two-time Stanley Cup champion. You play at Washington, and, and things just didn't gel. So you're missing McKinnon for the first two. Landis God gets suspended for games two and three, so he's out for those two games. Kale McCarr didn't play any preseason games, so the rust factor comes into play there. So the beginning of the season just didn't have any stars aligned. Like, nothing seemed to work out for Colorado. Last year, everyone, for the most part, was available, but they just couldn't put it together. They, they basically went 500 versus the Kings and the Ducks in Southern California. But this year, maybe some circumstances outside their control, I think, contributed to the slow start. But this town wants to cheer for the Avalanche. They always have. I mean, it's the Avalanche gave the city of Denver, the state of Colorado, its first professional sports championship with the Stanley Cup in 1996. The 2001 team, one of the best teams ever in the history of the National Hockey League. So the, the color of people's hearts in this town, if it's not orange, it's burgundy and blue. I want to ask you about that because, you know, a lot of people would say on the outside that the Blue Jackets are seeing the Avalanche at the right time. And of course, when you're missing stars like Makar and Rantanen, uh, that is the case. But what do you expect tonight with McKinnon? And, and he's a guy that can dial it up in these situations. And we've seen, I'll take Crosby and Malkin, for example. One of those guys is out. The other guy just rises and does even more. Yeah. You expect a little bit of that? Yeah, I, I think so. Um, from him and Gabe Landeskog. Landeskog, a four-point night the other night versus the, the Minnesota Wild. J.T. Comfort. Uh, really has had two down years. The pressure's on him, you know, to to be a bottom six forward and then step up into a top three role now with Miko Rantanen out. He's tied for the team leading goals with four. But you're right. When it comes to a superstar, when a team is hurt or in a rut, it's always on him to show up when you're needed to show up. Now he's got points in every single game since he's been back, so I think that's really pulling your weight, just one goal. But it goes to the fact that I think McKinnon doesn't get enough credit for his playmaking ability. He really doesn't. Everyone wants the points to a Connor McDavid highlight real goal, but like the reason that McKinnon is in the conversation is because of his smarts and his vision and his ability to set up a guy like Landis Gog or Rantanen or or Nazem Kadri or JT Comfer on the power play. So his just his smarts really are the spark that the Avalanche need, especially when they're down. You get that extra gleam in your eye when you get around the superstars that are from Nova Scotia. I've noticed that. <laughs> I tell you what. I mean, I, you've ever been to Nova Scotia. It's not a big community. And I love the story that Sidney Crosby brought the Stanley Cup to Cole Harbor, Nova Scotia. And on the sidelines was Nate McKinnon in awe of this guy. Now they're best buddies. So there's a reason why they're superstars. But gosh darn it, they're good people. <laughs> hey, Connor, one of the things that was, I think was a little bit of a surprise, or maybe not, I don't know how it was for you guys, but Philip Grubauer was here, and he left to go to the Seattle Kraken. Um, you know, everybody knew that he wanted his money, expected to get his money. I think the hope was that he was going to get it with the Colorado Avalanche, but now he's no longer here. What is that, uh, 
What has that been like in goal? Of course, you know, you go out and take care of that problem very quickly, but was that a surprise with Grubauer opting to leave? Yeah, I think I think it was to a lot of people. And people were kind of upset at first, I think. Well, how could, you, how could you leave us at this time? But then you think about it. He got his ring with Washington. And when you get the ability, especially as, as, a, as a netminder, to get that type of money and term all in one, there's really only one team that can make that happen, and that's the Seattle Kraken. So you don't really blame him for making that move at a point in his career where it may not happen ever again. Um, so because it happened in free agency, here's the thing. Colorado, because of the cap and some big ticket items with Miko Rantanen, uh, Kale McCarr just signed his extension. Landis Hogg just got, signed his eight-year extension, eight by seven for him. Um, Nathan McKinnon is due after next season. That's not going to be cheap. Uh, at the same time, the Bowen Byram will uh, be done with his ELC. So the fact that the Avalanche are not in a position because of all their talent to do term or money, he really took advantage of his opportunity to move on. Which then led to Darcy Kemper, a first-round pick, Connor Timmons, who is sad news today that he's going to miss the rest of the season for the Coyotes. Uh, Connor Timmons, he he was a second-round pick for the Avalanche. Um, The Coyotes retained some salary to, to help accommodate the trade, but Kemper, true number one. And some of the best numbers of any goaltender. Uh, top three, really, in, in both save percentage and goals against average in the last three seasons. So now that he's in front of what last year was a much better defense, I mean, Colorado, top three in the league, shots against, scoring chances against, that improves how he's able to play. And like anybody else on a new team, he's learning to fit in here. And I think Kemper, yeah, the price may have been a little steep, but I think it's, it's, it's well worth it because if, if you don't have something between the pipes that's solid, you're not going to go anywhere. And that's really key in this game today, isn't it, Jody? That, uh, you know, the goaltending, you need good goaltending, but you don't want to have so much of your salary cap wrapped up in your goaltending that you can't improve at the forward and defense position. That's amazing. It's amazing. You could take examples, and, you know, Eichel's name is out there as a $10 million player that people are trying to fit in, but then you're like, oh, yeah, wait, he doesn't fit in Toronto. He can't go there. Be hard to fit him in, call- in Denver. Uh, and there's not a lot of, of teams paying their goaltenders combined 11 million. I think Florida might be the only one. And with the radio, the radio announcer salary in Colorado, no way Grubauer was getting the money here, right, Connor? <laughs> well, I, you, you know, I asked for the uh, Bob McElligot rate, and uh, and you got it. I got it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, thanks so much. Uh, thanks for uh, catching us up on the Avalanche. And as you said earlier, it's great to see you, my friend. I love talking to you on the phone, but it's so much more fun in person. You ain't kidding. You guys are my favorite. So thank you. Connor McGahey, the radio voice of the Colorado Avalanche. Blue Jackets and Avalanche coming up at 9 o'clock face-off pregame coverage at 8.30 here on The Fan. Next, we'll talk about what's going on in the league as the Inside Edge continues on 97.1 The Fan. If you miss a Buckeye game, it's because your radio is in tune to the right place. Always and forever, your home for the Buckeyes. The Fan, Ohio's sports destination. Getting ready to close out the inside edge, but this is just the start of hockey tonight. Of course, Blue Jackets and the Colorado Avalanche. Pre-game coverage is coming up at 8.30 right here on The Fan. Jody, let's talk about what's going on in the league. The Blue Jackets just saw some Metropolitan Division rivals who they hadn't seen in over a year and a half when they played against the Rangers and the Devils. Now it's out here to Colorado and in the Central Division. Of course, last year the Blue Jackets were in the Central. The Avalanche was not as they shuffled everything around for that COVID year. But um, 
finally getting a chance to look at the other teams again and see some players that we haven't seen for a while and, and some some different things. Nathan McKinnon tonight, as you've talked about a couple of times, so, you know, get to see the Rangers and uh, Alexi Lafreniere on Friday night, which is a guy that, uh, you know, he's just been somebody on highlights and some and a name to read about up until then. So uh, it's been kind of nice. It is nice to see these teams, isn't it? Oh, Bob. I mean, we talked about it last year. We saw those teams eight times, you know, and, and you don't, you know, you it was great to get the season done, but boy, the Metropolitan Division is has so much excitement in it. It's got stars, you know. Uh, we haven't seen Crosby. Ovechkin's a player that everyone likes to see. And, you know, you see the uh, reigning Norris Trophy winner in Adam Fox. You mentioned Lafreniere. I mean, these are players you're right. You see about uh, on, on highlights and, and you hear about them, but to, to get to Madison Square Garden, to be in New York again, uh, this is what we've all been waiting for all in all walks of life, just to get that sense of we're getting back to normal. So uh, great steps. There was moments a year and a half ago where you didn't know where this was going to go or if this was ever going to happen again, but it, it gets the juices going. And here we are in Denver tonight with Nathan McKinnon here, and this is a team with a lot of expectations. They're below the playoff line in the East right now. Uh, when you look at those, I know it's, it's eight games in, but when you look at those, it, it's kind of surprising. Or, sorry, in the West, it's kind of surprising to see some of the teams that are above and some of the teams that are below. And, and you know, expectations are high. Uh, but but the greatest part about hockey is the traveling, seeing the other superstars, and then you know it's what's going to happen. You don't know what's going to happen. It's one of the greatest reality TV shows ever because there's so many unpredictable factors. So here we are tonight, uh, you know, with this team, and at the end of a road trip, we're going to see them again on Saturday at home. Boy, our building is going to be electric for that too because. A new team is coming in and new superstars. So I think that's what the league has done right, uh, is have those guys, all those guys come to every uh, every building so everyone gets to see them. This is unscripted reality that's TV. Right. Because I don't know, if if you don't want to admit it to yourself, then don't listen to this, but reality TV is still scripted. Okay, this is not scripted. Uh, you, yes, it is. Uh, Adam Fox, you brought his name up. I want to ask you about him because... Um, after the Blue Jackets played against the Rangers, he got a major contract yeah. given to him. Uh, he wins the Norris Trophy, as you said. Becomes, what, the first guy whose team didn't make the playoffs to win the Norris Trophy? This guy was a Rangers fan growing up. He was with two other organizations. Uh, Carolina basically got nothing for this guy in a trade as the Rangers get him back. I mean, it, he worked it very well through his agent. The Rangers worked it very well. He's playing exactly where he wants to be. He now has a big contract. What did you think of him? Man, I tell you what, Bob, it was so fun to see him live because he just doesn't make a mistake. Uh, the pass he made on the Lafreniere goal across the crease was incredible. His vision, the way he moved out there, the way he predicted uh, it was off the charts. I mean, these are the players that, and by the way, I think his contract is very team-friendly. I mean, I know the bar was set with Zach Wierenski and Seth Jones signs a similar contract. You've seen a number of McAvoy comes into that boat uh, right around $9.5 million a year. This guy, I think he could have waited and got a lot more. He wants to be a Ranger. Uh, he's going to get another contract in seven years. He didn't sign the eight-year max. Uh, so he's going to get another crack at it. I think it's ideal for both of them. I mean, and I th I love that he signed that. Um, you know, there's there's a guy here tonight in McCarr with the Colorado Avalanche who's out, but they've got another young star at D in Bo Byram, and and this guy 
is the same thing. He's confident. He can move. He's going to control the power play tonight for the Colorado Avalanche. So to get back to your point about being on the road and, and not playing the same uh, teams over and over, it, it's so refreshing and exciting. At the same time, doesn't it feel like it, I mean, it's like it, it never stopped. Like it, we're just back to doing the, yeah, on the bus, on the plane, in the hotel, the stuff that we missed, but the stuff that also, uh, you, you know, it, it, it's, it's a fun part of it. It is the absolute best part of it to see people again. As we talked with Connor a little bit ago, and we were just talking about how nice it is to see people that you got used to seeing. And that's what we forgot. We forgot how spoiled we are. We all were to be on the bus and be on the plane and be in the hotel and, and to see people on a regular basis and to look at the schedule and say, hey, in January, I'm going to see this guy that I haven't seen for a while. So, yeah, that is, that's all great. But all that being said, Jody. COVID is still a part of what's going on here. We talked about it early in the show with Max Domi being on COVID protocol for the Blue Jackets. Earlier today, Sidney Crosby goes on COVID protocol for the Pittsburgh Penguins. Now, Crosby has been out with an injury, and he just returned to the lineup anyway, so it's not like he's, you know, they, they've become used to playing without him this year. But my point is, it's still hanging around. You're still not completely out of the woods yet. Uh, so it's, it's normal, but it's like, what, uh, 95% normal. Yeah, you know, and it's still reality. These guys are getting tested every two to three days. Um, you're seeing some false negatives, you know, that they're just being cautious. They want to make sure that they, that everything is taken care of uh, and, and we don't have those hesitations in the league. So, yeah, it seems like every other day now there is someone that is going on that protocol. Um, so hopefully, you know, it it, uh, it doesn't affect too many teams in too many big ways, but right now it hasn't, but... Uh, yeah, this is just the reality of where we're at. And, and credit the league and the players because the past two seasons, to go into a bubble in Edmonton and get it done for the, that playoff year, the teams that didn't make the bubble, the teams that had to wait that extended off season, and like New Jersey, who we just saw, um, a lot of patience there. And then last year, those guys were, and we talked about it earlier in the show, in the hotel, uh, not allowed in coffee shops, allowed in the arena. And that's it. So they, you know, they made sure they got it done. And that's why we're seeing the appreciation of these guys out in in restaurants, at hotels together, getting to know each other. It's such an important part of any team. Our broadcast team, the same thing, to see you guys, to see it. We all get to get together now. So, you know, we still have to be careful, but it's like there's a, there's a real appreciation for what we're able to do on the road. But I do have to say and give credit to the league and the players again because pretty remarkable when you hear how stringent and how uh, patient they had to be to get it done. Speaking of that, we need to end this show and catch our own breath because yeah. we've got a game to do here tonight. So uh, that's going to do it for tonight's edition of the Inside Edge. We'd like to thank Connor McGahey of the Avalanche Radio Network and also Boone Jenner, the Blue Jackets captain, for joining us here tonight. Again, it's going to be a very brief break because coming up at 8.30, it's the Blue Jackets and the Avalanche pregame coverage right here on 97.1 The Fan. So get ready. The first game of two between the Blue Jackets and the Avalanche, this home-and-home series, concludes on Saturday night at 7 o'clock at Nationwide Arena. For Jody Shelley, I'm Bob McElligot saying so long, and thanks for listening to the Inside Edge here on 97.1 The Fan. The Fan Guest Hotline is sponsored by Airflow Heating and Cooling and Bryant. Doing whatever it takes to keep you and your home comfortable. The Fan. From the Lindsay Honda Studios. Honda makes the cars. Lindsay makes the difference. Visit lindsayhonda.com. WBNSFM HD1 Columbus. The Fan.